Welcome to Faith City Outreach, where your host, Marina Maria, reaches out to the world to discuss Christian topics and providing biblical solutions, as well as praying for the nations. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. The music in this broadcast is provided courtesy of Zapsplat.com. Now, here is your host, Marina Maria. This is Marina Maria with today's special guest, Pastor Pamela Mercado from Oasis Christian Center in Mesa, Arizona. Pastor Pamela and her husband, Pastor Steve Mercado, serve at Oasis Christian Center as elders. She and her husband are also business entrepreneurs of a medical marketing company called Agape Integrated Health Concepts and a media ministering in evangelism ministry named Mercado Ministries, as well as a t-shirt company called Nikau Christian Shirt Company. Thank you so much for being on Faith City Outreach, Pastor Pamela, to share your testimony and how God has blessed your ministries, as well as sharing your passion to give back and to help build the next generation. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for having me here today. I'm so excited to be here. So am I. Pastor Pamela, I know you and your husband are elders at Oasis Christian Center in Mesa, Arizona. But before we even talk about your role, we are, I am so curious about your salvation story. Can you share that, please? Yes, I'd love to. You know, um, I grew up my entire life um, uh, from a broken home a lot of dysfunction in my home, as many of us have. And I didn't come to know the Lord until about 12 years ago. And um, I grew up uh, in a house that did not attend church, did not uh, speak the gospel, did not talk about God. You know, I knew from my grandparents who lived, I lived in Iowa and they lived in Arizona and we'd come visit and they would take us to church on Sunday. So that was the only exposure I ever received in regards to the Lord. So I knew growing up inherently that you, you should believe in God. So I had a little bit of a foundation, but I did not ever know the Lord um, until I had met my husband, uh, who, the man I met who I married. And it was through the course of beginning to, to date with him that he would start to tell me these stories. He would come to my house. And he would tell me these stories. And I would say to him, well, where did you hear that? Um, I had gone through such a period in life where my life was full of manipulation. I was very much in the world, um, drank, partied, everything. And um, I was a single mother at the time as well. And so I met this man, this man of God, who I now am married to. And he began to tell me these stories. And you see, he was in the world as well. He grew up Pentecostal in Puerto Rico and in New York, and he knew the word inside and out and uh, had left the word, left the church at the age of 18. And so he entered into the world, but he had known the Lord his whole life. So he began to tell me these stories in my kitchen one night, and he began to talk about Joseph and his brothers throwing him in the well. And, you know, these, these great stories of salvation and restoration. And, and I remember saying to him, you know, where did you hear that? Where, where, where do you read that? Where do you hear that? And he goes, it's in the Bible. And I'm like, it's in the Bible. And it was an instant conviction. And I said, I said, it's true. And he said, it's true. And I said to him, you need to tell somebody like I was so pure and so not understanding even at that moment what I was saying, but I was like, it was like shaking him. You need to tell somebody. And he's like, it's not that easy because he had left the church. He had left his relationship with the Lord and he was in the world as well. And, and, he, and here he is ministering to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here I am not knowing anything saying, you have to tell somebody these stories, they're true. And I was such a truth seeker, uh, being through everything in the world that I had been through lies and manipulation of people, even through my childhood, different manipulations, different lies. And here was this moment of truth that I was seeking and I couldn't believe it was in the Bible. And so I was so an instant hunger and, and I'm like, I need to read this. I need to read these stories. So he gave me a Bible and 
you know, mind you, neither one of us are serving nothing. And it was in that moment when I began to read these stories and I would come to him and I would say, well, what does this mean? And why do you have to know this? And what are all, you know, I'm reading the book of numbers where it's just this whole consensus, this census. And I'm like, why do you have to know this? Why do you have to know these names? And it was such a thirst. And so through my thirst, I began to, to read and I couldn't understand things. So he gave me a version of the message Bible to read, which is more like story. And so I got to understand it a little bit more, but it never stopped. And in that moment that I had so many um, revelation moments of, of uh, understanding I didn't need to worry anymore, which as women, we worry a lot or we can worry a lot. And in the instant that I knew that I could take this little, like this basket of worry that I had been carrying forever as a single mom, as a, as a person out there in the world, and I could give it to God. I was like, I was packing that basket full and I was ready to give it to the Lord. And so, um, shortly thereafter we got engaged and we got married and we, we began looking for churches and, um, we went to a couple of churches, but then we ended up going to Oasis Christian center. Um, I'm fast forwarding a lot because our, we had a son then and our son was four months old and we didn't look back. God used him to pull me in and God used me to bring him back. And it has been on one accord, the two of us, we've been through institute class. You know, we began serving in ministry. We began serving as usher, whatever we could do. We said, Lord, here we are, just use us, whatever we can do. And doors just began to open. We ushered, we were deacons. And, and those are just titles, governmental titles and structures of the church as the eldership is. But um, there's such a fire in us. And, it, and it was accelerated. And, you know, it, it was just so joyful to enter into something so true, you know. So that's, in a nutshell, the testimony that brought me to the Lord. So That's incredible. I like the part where you said that he had also walked away, but he was sharing you about the Bible. So it was almost as if, too, he was ministering to himself and you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love that. When did God call you to become a pastor? At what um, point in your life? I don't know the exact point other than when we, as we were growing in our, in our relationship, both together and individually in the Lord, you know, and my heart was just like, what more can I do for you, God? What more can I do? And there was a moment when we knew God was going to call us into it. We knew before it happened. So our pastors came to us and said, look, the Lord is showing us that you are to be elders of this church. We said it was a confirmation, you know, and that's usually how it should be with the Lord. He, when he calls you, you already know it. You're already walking in it, you know? And so, um, it was about four years ago and a little, we're going into the fourth year right now. And so we said yes. And, and, you know, got our hands dirty, went to work for the Lord. <laughs> so it sounds like it wasn't very challenging for you. It was just something you quickly accepted. Yeah. It, it, can we learn? Like we, our days, my husband and I, uh, we spend, <laughs> I would say a minimum of two hours a day in the word, uh, you know, just in devotion. We have our own devotion separately, but every, it is our life. It's, it's, it's not like we turn it off. It's our life. So it's just who we are. <laughs> Pastor Pamela, what are your responsibilities as the elder at Oasis Christian Center so people can better understand the role of an elder? Um, our role at Oasis Christian Center as elders, you know, the Bible talks about what elders are in a church. And in a church, everything, um, you know, ushers, deacons, elders, in the Christian community, in the Bible, it talks about that's the governmental structure of the church. So while our pastors, their responsibility to God is to lead the sheep or lead the church, our responsibility as elders is to assist in that. So whether it be praying for the sick, whether it be ministering in the homes, whether it be, you know, praying, praying and laying hands on people, you know, we're to assist the, the, the pastors in their vision that God has given them you know, and to be like a right hand to the pastors. So that is what the eldership curtails in our church and in, in the word. And I just want to mention the senior pastors of your church. I looked up the website and the senior pastors of your church of Oasis uh, 
Christian Center are um, Abraham and Damari Gonzalez. Yes. Yeah, I want to give them honor and please yeah. greet them for me. Yeah. And um, it was great to read a little bit about, little summary about their vision on the website. So um, that's really that, that's really nice. How can women or yeah, how can women maintain a great relationship with um, their husbands? I love this question. <laughs> I feel blessed. <laughs> I have a great relationship with my husband. And we actually talked about um, about this. Uh, the greatest thing that women can do is communication. And I, I can't stress that enough because men inherently are not mind readers. And as women, we want them to be. <laughs> they can just understand what I want. But we have a really big role in that. And as women, you know, the Bible talks about the relationship between a man and a woman and that we are a helpmate. But, but we are no less than the man. You know, we are equal to the man. God brought us for the companionship. And so what's so important for women to understand is that you've got to be able to communicate with that one person. And I think a lot of the times women find it easier. Well, I'm going to go talk to my sister about it. Or I'm going to go talk to my friend about it, how I'm feeling when the one person they need to work yes. with is their spouse. And so if you've got communication and you've got the Lord to to you know, go to have the Lord be your guide on that. Because if you need to vent or you need to seek something or guidance, go to the Lord with it. And that's going to keep your relationship on one accord, which is really, really important. That's a really good point. That is something that I learned early on too in my marriage. I found myself, like you mentioned, just talking to like different women about the same thing and just talking it to, to, you know, just, I just squeezed out the topic. And then I realized and the Lord actually brought it to my attention. As you said that, you know, bring it to him. I don't need to bring it to all these different women and talk about it for hours. And yeah. that was exactly what he had convicted me. Come to me, he says, right. and share it with me. So now that's exactly what I do. And, but it was a, it was a learning lesson and it's, it's, it's really wise. Yeah. What role does prayer have in your life, Pastor Pam? Um, is the greatest thing I have. It is in the early morning hours. There's different types of prayer that go on in my life, but every single moment of my day is in meditation to the Lord, whether I'm doing dishes, whether, no matter what. You know, everything is in prayer to the Lord. I, you know, in First Thessalonians five seventeen, it says, you know, pray without ceasing. And that truly is what I do. Pray without ceasing. Whether I'm in the closet at 5 a.m. in the morning in a deep prayer receiving downloads from the Lord, or whether I am just, you know, out and about driving the car, you know, always in uh, meditation in uh, that moment with the Lord. It's so important. Prayer is so important along with that fasting as well and in those moments that you need real clarity but prayer is the number one thing you need and that's what the lord wants right from us a yeah, really close yeah. relationship yep and if you submit into that he's going to give it to you and he's going to reveal things to you you know he knows what your desires are of your heart he knows what you're asking him and the only way to get those answers is to be with him Absolutely. Amen. Are you a mother? And tell us about it. Who are your children? Yay, this is such a good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am a mother, and we have two children. Um, I have a daughter, Hannah, who's 23. And so she has just finished college, and she was going to the University of Arizona, and now she is in Utah, and she is getting her graduate degree and she is a behavior analyst for special needs. So I can talk all about her <laughs> and her journey. And um, she was actually my daughter from a first marriage. Um, and she has just grown into this beautiful young woman, such a compassionate heart. She, she loves like no other. And she has a blessing to be able to really just speak with anybody, especially with special needs. She has a gift that God's going to really use her with. She has ability to communicate with them on a level that I don't think any of us really understand. She can, 
she can break down in that barrier of where they're at. So um, she's a great blessing. She has a calling on her life. Um, she's on her own journey. She does love the Lord, um, but she's growing into her own relationship with the Lord now that she's out of the home. And, you know, but, you know, she she's doing well. And then we have it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. The fact that she knows the Lord. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I was going to add that that must be beautiful to watch. It is because um, Hannah was from a first marriage um, and she since the age of 16, really hasn't had contact with her real father. So my husband now, Steve, that is her father. And she acknowledges him as he raised her. They have a beautiful relationship. And so, you know, it it's beautiful to watch her. I didn't ever force what I came into on her. You know, my relationship with the Lord came 12 years ago. And I was like, I mean, he was always there. I just didn't find him <laughs> until then. But, you know, for her to come into it, I... I wanted it to be pure for her. I wanted to guide her. I wanted her to understand it in her way because she was at the pre-teen, teenage years. And uh, we were very careful with how we spoke and how we, we fed into her because my change was so drastic and instant, but that doesn't mean her change followed mine. So I had to, as a mother, guide her into that. But, you know, she's, she is she's very discerning. She has a discerning spirit that... Sometimes she'll speak to me and I'll be like, whoa, I received that, <laughs> you know, like she's, she's just wonderful in that area. So God is going to do something with her and I am excited to see what he's going to do. And so we also have a, a, a nine-year-old son. He turns 10 this month, the month of August, and he is a joyful child. He is, he, he's a lover of the Lord. He's very prophetic. Um, he was given a prophetic word several years ago. They spoke over him. Um, we didn't know. Um, we went to this conference, and uh, they called us up for this prophetic word, and they didn't know anything about us. And at the time when he was four years old, I would say to the other mothers at church, he's, you know, he's, he's really hyper, and is this normal? And they were like, oh, yeah, that's boys. That's normal. you know. And, the, and I'm like, okay. I was so concerned that he was so outspoken. Like we'd go into Walmart and he'd be like, everybody stay, I'm coming. Don't leave. And we're like, why does he do this? You know? So, but we were given a word and the, the, the pastor at the time that spoke over us, the prophet, she said, she said, Oh, that little one you have, that boy, you know, he, ha he has, he has that spirit for a reason. God's going to use him for that reason. And we were just like, thank you, Jesus. Like, you know, the Lord is speaking right now. And he does. He is the child who will walk into the room and he will, he will say, you know, this is how God sees it. And I'm like, oh, just, just this week, he walked into the bathroom and he says to me, mom, you know, you know, your mom in heaven. She's very, very happy with you. The Lord says she's very happy with you in your walk. And I was like, okay, only like how he's never met his grandmother. You know, she's passed uh, a long time. But for him to walk in with these prophetic moments, it just, right. you know, the Lord is speaking or Steve and I'll be having a conversation and he'll come in with the, these wise words that we're just like, yeah, we were told he would speak, you know? <laughs> So we just, you know, he's a blessing. He's a blessing to other people. He's very, very kind. So, you know, we just work to disciple him the best we can. And, you know. And it's really showing that you are, you're doing a great Praise job. God. <laughs> Praise the yeah. Lord. It, it, I mean, just listening to you share that. I just want to hug him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he would like that, actually. <laughs> Pastor Pam, what are the best things a woman can do to take care of her mind, body, and soul and her spirit? Oh, we all know that the body is the temple of God and we need to take care of the temple. And it's not as easy as we think sometimes. Um, obviously, with the basics of exercise and eating right, you have to feed your temple. But more importantly, you need to feed your temple with the right spiritual food. Um, that is so, so important. I think. Uh, one of the, the best things for wellness of your spirit, your mind, and your body is that you, you focus on the good things of God and not the negative things that come from the world. It, it, we have to be able to, 
to put the blinders on and block out the distractions. Mm -hmm. I think as women, it's so hard inherently. I believe a lot of us are people pleasers and we want to take care of everybody and we're nurturers. And by believing this, we're nurturers. You know, we, we carry the atmosphere in our homes. And so I think it's so important that um, we're eating the right food, which is the word of God. You know, the only way to really uh, be well, spirit, mind, and body is the word of God. And once you have that, and once you, you work at that, um, it, it, it's going to help you, your whole temple, everything. So it's important. So would you add that the word of God can help a woman grow in her love for the Lord? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You, you, that, those, those moments when it's just you and that word and you're, um, God is going to reveal things to you. You know, if you have something that's bothering you in your spirit and you go to the word and you, you know, you pray and you go to the word, he's going to reveal it right off the pages. It's going to be one of those. That's what happened with me. You know, I would have these troubling moments like, well, what is this? And, you know, I don't understand. And I'm feeling this way. And I, when I would go to the word, it's, I would giggle like, really, you're just going to answer me just like that. You know, you have these like revelation moments, like, and I, I'm like, um, I always think like we have a little dachshund and I feel like I'm him sometimes so excited because I get so excited that, oh, he, really? He just showed this to us? Like, and it, to me, I'm very childlike with my enthusiasm when it comes to reading the word. And, and it's something that fuels my spirit and makes me love him more and seek him more all the time. So yes, you, women can fall deeply in love with the Lord, you know, as we should, you know, just because he takes such good care of us and he is our father, you know. But what would you say to women who are struggling with understanding the word? Um, I was one of those women and it's okay. (laughs) It's okay to not understand it. And, you know, I've been in in rooms filled with people that I'm like, I am not qualified to be here, you know, (laughs) because I don't know what anyone's talking about. I don't understand this, you know, but my, um, my advice would be don't give up. That's the main thing. And find a Bible, a Christian, a a Bible that you can understand or find a mentor or find another woman you can talk to, you know, that you can go to find a, you know, your lead pastor. If you you can go to her and say, look, I don't understand this. Can you explain? But, but, but don't give up. Find the answers, you know, have Mm -hmm. perseverance. You know, the the Lord loves, um, uh, he loves the consistent believer. He loves a person who's going to seek him with their whole heart. And I believe that if you do that, he's going to open up to you. And I believe it's going to get easier and easier because it did for me. Yes. Be relentless, right? Yes. Yes. Determined <laughs> and relentless. <laughs> Pastor Pam, what must a woman believe in the midst of suffering, especially like right now? There's so many challenges that are here socially, spiritually, economically? Um, This is such a good question. You know, when I think back to my own testimony, one of the greatest things that I used to do when I was in the world was worry. It gripped me. It took control of my life. And when I learned that the the Lord wants good for me, that he's here for me, um, that I can give him my worries, that I can give him the challenges and that I can rest in him. And, And resting in him is, um, something we have to practice with. We have to, you know, continually uh, press into because he does give us rest. He does give us peace. And we have to, we have to block out the negative things in the, in this suffering time because it is, and we have to know that he's for us. We have to know that he wants good for us, that, that he doesn't want all the bad for us, you know, and we have to look into these times and go, God, what am I to learn in this moment? Because not every day is a happy day. There are challenges that come and we have to, what am I to learn here? Who am I to help? What am I to do? And I think if we can keep our minds away from, from dwelling in self-pity, like, oh, poor me, <laughs> because we've all had those moments and we can have them, you know, in a blink of an eye. If we cannot dwell there because he doesn't want us in self-pity, self-pity is not from God. It is from the enemy. And if we can move our minds and our thoughts and focus on what he says about us and it takes an active faith to do that, to know that, that he's going to do it for us, 
and that and to block out those noises that come into our minds that cause the worry and sometimes I've had them and I literally will stand in the room and I'll turn around and I will scream at the devil you have no power and authority mm-hmm. over me. you have control over that believe it or not you have control what comes in your ears and what comes in your mind and you can start to declare the things that don't belong there to get out so we forget how much power and authority that we have in the Lord and how he's given us tools to say, no, devil, you have no authority to bring me discouragement. You have no authority to bring me worry. You have no authority to, to bring me disheartened. Uh, I am not in self-pity because I'm a conqueror because of you. So there's, you know, these, these tools, we just have to press into it and we have to constantly go, what does God say about this with me? What would God want me to feel right now? And to know Overall, that he loves you and wants good for you. And if you can grasp that as women and say, yeah, he does want good for me and he does love me, that's like so important because we're so easy to get down on ourselves sometimes. Mm -hmm. But we have to see what he sees. In fact, (laughs) I have a blog coming out in the month of August and the word that the Lord gave me was to see what I see to see what God sees about us. And so it's still being written. I know that the Holy Spirit's going to speak into it, but I think we need to look especially in this time of suffering and see what God sees. And if we can see what God sees, whew, boy, be encouraged. <laughs> you know, <laughs> So true. And you know, and sometimes the way God sees us is so much more beautiful and better than the way we even see ourselves. Yes. And so as you were talking about the word, um, what's coming to me is, you know, finding our identity in Christ. Yep. Yep, absolutely. We have to know who we are. A lot of the times if you, you know, find, oh, you start to feel these things about you, you have to know who you are, especially as women. And I think a lot of us go around, you know, and I'm not speaking for myself because I know who I am in Christ. I, there was a time when I didn't, but sometimes we walk around going, I like that, but you don't really like it. Or I think I'm like that, but you're not really like that. You, you're, you're trying to live in a space that has nothing to do with who you really are. And I think when we come into the Lord, if we really look at ourselves, we start to learn, oh, I do like this. Oh, I am like this. He has made me like this. I am good. I am beautiful. And I think that it's really important as women that, that you have to see how he sees you, you know? And not what, what you think the world wants to see you as, you know, <laughs> or, or what you think you're supposed to like this over here, but, it, but you don't, but you think you have to. And it's not true. That's a whole lie of the world. You have to know who you are in the Lord. And so spending time with him will help you with that. Amen. It's all about that time, spending time with him, his word, and speaking his word. And there was also something else that came to mind, too, as you were talking about speaking his word as uh, you're praying and also through throughout your struggles, is that we have to, and this is something I had to learn, too, is that not contradict our words of faith. So, mm-hmm. like, one day we will say, you know, one day we will speak words of faith, and then the next day we, like, shut it down and, like, <laughs> and say something like, well, why did God do that? You know, I thought yeah. that, you know, and you just kind of shut down what you just said the day prior to, sure. to you know, your situation. So yeah, that's, that's so key. You know, that's a key because, you know, it's so easy to, when you start to walk forward, something's mm-hmm. going to start to try to pull you back. And that's, That is um, through your active faith and seeking the Lord. He can help you continue to focus forward. I I always get a vision when that happens for me. And I always get a vision that I become like a lion to roar back at that thing because I'm not going back. He only wants us forward. You know, we never go back. We can remember things so that we learn from them. But pushing forward is, is so key. You know, pressing into him, pressing into him so that we don't get yanked back and change our mind. But it's, again... It's a, it's a constant that you have to be with the Lord. So exactly, exactly. I know you and your husband, Steve, are entrepreneurs of three businesses. And um, I would like for you to share more about these businesses, especially your new t-shirt business that you had talked about uh, to me a couple days ago. And it's called uh, Nikal Christian Shirt Company. Yes, um, we do have three businesses. The, we started one over 12 years ago, Agape Integrated Health Concepts. Um, that business, uh, my husband had lost his job 
And, and the day they lost his job, he had called me and I said, I think you need to quit that job. I think God wants us to have our own business. And within 24 hours, Agape was born and we came up with the name, you know, we prayed into it and Agape, God's all encompassing love. That's where it came from. Uh, we work with doctors in that business and we're kind of the bridge between a doctor and a, a specialist. So we, we bridge them together and bring them together for patients. So our heart was in that to help patients find out where they need to be and to help the specialty doctors out there. Um, so how so, did you learn more about the medical field? Did you already have that medical field background knowledge? Um, he did, actually. He, he, he works in the field, and I'm more administration and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But he has um, – it's interesting. He went through the police academy. He served in the military – uh, the Marine Corps for eight years. And so he's always had, for whatever reason, that in his path, he actually worked, he actually worked for a company where they did something very similar. And the day that that job ended was the day that he said, we're going to do this. And it had already been put in our spirit that we were to be doing it on our own, but we're never, we were just afraid. Like, what if we just quit this and did this? You know, we had a new baby, we had a a preteen at home and he, he quits his job before they technically uh, fired him because structure in their company. And that day I said, I I I have to quit my job too. So we literally quit our jobs and said, we're going to press into this. And it was one year. I kept praying to God for patience. God, give me patience. We don't know what we're doing. God, you guide us. And mm-hmm. I kept praying for patience. And then it was a year. It, I mean, God, God, our first account, God drove a car in front of my husband the day he was going to the interview that had the, a license plate of the place that he was going. And he ends up talking to a doctor for the place he was going. Like the doors were just open. It was just, we were so excited. All these little nuances were happening. And so kept pressing and kept pressing. And I kept praying for patience. God, give us strength, give us patience. And one day we were at church and I said, well, I don't understand why we haven't gotten our first account with this company. And someone preached that day and they said, be careful what you pray to the Lord for. And I thought, well, that's weird. Be careful what you pray to the Lord for. If you pray for patience, he's going to take you through it. You're going to have to develop patience for a long time. And I went, oh, honey, I've been praying for patience. I don't need to pray for patience anymore. The day I stopped praying for patience and started praying for God to open that door, we got an account. So, you know, I learned about prayer and I learned, right? And I learned like, okay, we need to pray uh, big prayers, but we need to pray very specific to the Lord because he does hear us. So if you're going to pray for patience, Really be specific how you're praying for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And I read oh, yeah. about um, that business, um, Agape Integrated Health Concepts, a little bit about it on the uh, website. It educates physicians about mm-hmm. hearing wellness, diabetes, mm-hmm. and you also have different types of specialties that are your marketing, that sleep appliances, and also, you help grow and expand nephrology centers. I've never heard of that. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah. So there are many different types of specialty doctors. Okay. There are doctors that work with kidneys. There are doctors that work with hearts. There are doctors that work with pulmonology, breathing. Um, there are doctors that work with veins. There, there are many different specialty doctors. And so if I have, let's say, I can't breathe and I need to go to a specialty doctor. When I go to my primary doctor, he says, okay, you have to go see a specialist. And so our job is my husband goes and meets with all these doctors on the specialty side. We have, we, we only can have about five to seven clients at a time. We've been very blessed. God has removed some that weren't to be with us and we received it. And then he's added others. So our job would be to go to the primary care doctors and say, listen, we work with this pulmonologist and he's fantastic and he can do this for your patients. And he has, you know, he has a specialty over here that this one doesn't have. And so our, we're, we're building trust between the regular doctor, the primary care and the specialty doctor so they can entrust to send those patients to the specialty doctor. So we specifically work with a specialist, but we're the bridge in between. And we, nice. we let them know they have a really good bedside manner. We're very, um, our heart was for the bedside manner was to work with the doctors. Um, you know, we asked God, put the right doctors in our place in, in our, in our path. And he did, but we bedside manner and really caring for people, especially right now. It's so important. So when some, we hear like our neighbor, they need like 
a, a gastrointestinal doctor. We're like, we, we'll find you one. We'll find you the best, someone who's going to take care of you. So, wow. So you work as a network uh, resource mm-hmm. system also. Exactly. Wow. We gain the trust for those referrals to go back and forth. So that's how we help them build. Uh, we have a spirit of builders. That's us. We, I'm, I'm always a person that says, I don't know how we're going to do it. God will show us, but we can mm-hmm. build it. You know? Amen. I think everybody can be a business owner, like I, especially with the younger generation, but, but how do we help you build something sustainable? How do we help you make a difference in people's lives? That's what our heart is for. Amen. This is Marina Maria from Faith City Outreach with today's special guest, Pastor Pamela Mercado from Oasis Christian Center in Mesa, Arizona. Pastor Pamela and her husband, Steve, serve at Oasis Christian Center as elders. She and her husband are also business entrepreneurs of Agape Integrated Health Concepts, Mercado Ministries, as well as a teacher company called uh, Nikau Christian Shirt Company. I am talking with Pastor Pamela right now, and she is sharing her testimony and about how God has blessed her ministries, as well as sharing her passion to give back to help build the next generation. Pastor Pam, please share about how and when God led you to have this new t-shirt company, Nikau uh, Christian uh, Shirt Company. Um, it has been, I am, I'm someone who goes in and I journal every preaching. I journal, 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 I teach, study the word, I journal. And three years ago, we had a youth conference at our church and we invited a young man, great man of God, Matt Cruz from Chicago. Young man, if you're a young person and you want to uh, check him out, he's amazing. Uh, we brought him and at the time, our youth group, we were youth leaders at the time. We were elders, but we were also overseeing the youth ministry. And we've done that since for such a long time in the church, probably eight, nine years, we were over the youth ministry and uh, we needed to raise funds to, to, you know, support our conference. And so at the time um, I said, we need to make a t-shirt. I need to make a t-shirt. So we made a t-shirt and it was really fun. It was made alive in Christ. It was the made alive in Christ conference. And so At the time, I was like, well, this is fantastic. We made this shirt. We were able to raise money to support the entire conference. And so in my mind, I went, there are other youth ministries out there that need this. And so I just kind of shelved it to the back of my mind. I thought it was really fun. It was creative. And it it, you could bring the word to life in a shirt, you know. And so uh, fast forward, we uh, about a year ago, it was over a year ago, the Lord sent us on a journey to a conference in Texas and and to a local conference here. And, and I kept feeling this nudge of you need to start a t-shirt company. You need to start a t-shirt company. You need to put the word of God on the t-shirt so people can, can speak their faith, can speak about the gospel. And so I was in prayer in the month of January and the Lord says to me, all that journaling I had, I would hear in a preaching something that would stick out and I would draw a square around it in my journals. And the Lord says to me, as I'm praying one morning, you need to grab your journals and you need to go to all those outline areas and you need to put them in a notebook. Notebook, that's your TV. So I'm like, okay, you know, I don't know if how to do this, but you know how to do it, God. So you have to lead. You, you have to do this. So that was December, January. I put them all in a notebook. We had over 200 uh, sayings, quotes, Bible scriptures, you know, I'd, even from a song, I'd write something down, you know. So I feel like all these uh, things, all these little sayings came from so many different preachers and teachers and ministers. And so it's, a, it, it, it's so filled with the word of God that it's, it's exciting that everybody is actually feeding into this. So uh, in uh, March, when everything started to shut down, it was as if God said, go. And so I said to my husband, we, we, we have to do this. We have to do this right now. And he's such a man of vision. Like you tell him something and it's done. <laughs> he doesn't hesitate. <laughs> I always yes. have to go, he'll say something in the church. And I'm like, um, you got to come back. You're like three years ahead. Come back, you know? <laughs> so he's very much apostolic in nature. He's, you say it and he sees it, you know, how does it happen? So I love him for that. Cause he's the part that is so necessary. But about that time, I'm like, I don't know how to do this. And, and all of a sudden, uh, 
uh, mentor that I watch. She's a worship leader. She's she's a great worshiper of God, um, Jenny Weaver. She comes on. She has teachings and all kinds of things that she does, books she's written. And she says, I'm going to go live. And if you want to join this conference, I'm going to show you how to do a t-shirt company. And I'm like, oh. Okay. Wow. So obviously, look at that. I enroll in the conference literally through a teaching one morning. I hear the word Nakao, which um, is a Greek word that means to conquer, to be victorious in Christ, especially Christians who are persecuted for their faith. And I'm like, oh my gosh, because the whole idea of the shirt was to be able to speak the gospel. You know, you're wearing this shirt and someone says, what did your shirt mean? And I'm like, okay, I, I saw it all. And we began to do it. And it was so easy. You know, when God does something and you, the door is open, you walk, it's so easy. I'm, I don't understand it. I, I didn't know you needed a, a tax number for a lot of people don't see it the way we see it. And that's okay. But we know how God chose us. But we want to be able to help them through either helping them create a shirt, a t-shirt. We want to have a fundraising section to the shirts that is specifically to help them raise funds for their ministries, for their conferences, you know, no matter what it is that they need to raise money for within their organization to, to get the gospel out there. That's, that's our heart is to help them. I know when we were leaders of the youth ministry, we had to come up with our own funds for conferences mm-hmm. or events we wanted to do, which a lot of youth ministries are like that. Um, not to say that they're put aside, but they're usually like the last one that's funded in a church. Mm-hmm. And we find it very important to teach them that not only can you be funded well and God will help you with it, but, but our heart is to give back in that area. We we look to help them come up with something that they can get the funds they need. So that's, that's our heart with it. So we're waiting for God on that one and little pieces come. <laughs> Amen. What would you like the audience to know about Nikau Christian T-shirt Company that maybe um, you didn't share already and that is important um, for you to share? Oh, my goodness. Um, I just think that the one thing that that I didn't share is, you know, I thought it was a simple T-shirt company that God gave us, a little T-shirt company, you, you know, raise money for your ministry um, or for people who need it, you know, not really thinking about it. And the other day when I was working in it and I, I was uh, doing a shirt and, and scripture was coming and I, my husband walked in the room and I said, oh my gosh, honey, I realized something. This is not a T-shirt company. This is a ministry. This is, and it's not it's not something I feel ownership over or he feels ownership. We feel it's a ministry for God. Like, like that he's going to do something. And, and the word that keeps coming to mind or the words are ambassadors for Christ, that this is, this is a vehicle that he will use uh, to build. You know, it, everybody can be a representative of Christ because the, the word says, you know, everyone will go out and the Holy Spirit will come. The ambassador will come and everyone will go out and they will speak the word. That's what we're called to do in these times. You know, mm-hmm. uh, when, when Jesus ascended and he left and the Holy Spirit came, he said, I'm going to send the advocate and the Holy Spirit will be in you and everyone will go out. And so this is an opportunity. Everybody. Everybody can go out, you know, even the smallest of faith to the largest of faith. You know, it, it's something that, you know, in these times when they say social distancing, this is the thing that breaks the social distancing. It's a breaker. It's a breaker that says you can talk to me because I have God and I can share with you how God's helping me through this. And so I, I, I feel like yesterday was a great example of how it was a breaker of the social distancing because we had three people come up to us in our journey in the store, you know. And so, you know, God's doing something with it. So, Amen. And I love the, the saying that you have is not putting God in a box, even during the social distancing time. Right. Wow. Right. Right. So powerful. Who do we think we are? You know, <laughs> exactly. you can't. Can. And I you think just that's what people can. look at it, you know, and because we, we saw people, you were being forced to go into Walmart with a mask, which you know, that's a whole controversial subject. I believe and we need to be wise and take precautions, but you can see the people. It was, it gave them a voice, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what you believe, it gave them a voice. They were like, yes, you are right. <laughs> the Lord exactly. is right. You can't put me in a box. <laughs> exactly. How does someone get in touch with you about purchasing a t-shirt or even having their own design, um, 
for them? Um, we actually have a full website for the okay. t-shirt company. It's www.nikao, N-I-K-A-O, christianshirtco.com. www.nikaochristianshirtco.com. We have it on Facebook, nikaochristianshirtco.com, or not .com, but that's the name. And then also on Facebook. So you can buy from any of those avenues. You can you know, contact us. We have a phone number. Our phone number is one eight seven seven Godware. And so um, I have to look and see what the number is. 877-463-9327. And then also on any of those formats, you can email us if you have a need, if you need shirts, um, you know, we, we have a, a contact right now to help another ministry create a shirt that they want to use for when they evangelize, I believe. And so, you know, we can help get to the designs. We can help get to the t-shirts and then, you know, our labor of love. And it is just for us to press what you need, you know, that are giving back, you know, so, that's great. Pastor, we can help. That's great. Pastor Pam, I know you and your husband, Steve are very passionate about helping build the next generation and you've both also worked with the youth uh in youth ministry what are the challenges about the younger generation um you know my husband and i talk about this all the time and every single time we talk about this generation and what the what the challenges are what the concerns are what can we you know how can we help them? It's so interesting. Um, we always come back, my husband and I, and we believe that maybe the challenge really isn't with the generation and maybe the challenge is with the older generation, understanding the younger generation, taking the time to understand them. They, they do come from a very different point of view. You know, we we're a very tech savvy um, generation, this younger generation. And sometimes the older generation neglects to understand the importance of where they're coming from. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but they do communicate differently, (laughs) you know, and we would see it a a lot of tug and pull when we were in the youth ministry, because the parents would say, Oh, I want you to teach my son and daughter this and do it this way. But they weren't receiving in that way. And so you have to be able to communicate with them and you have to be able to listen, take the time and listen to what it is that they're trying to express or their understanding of something. And overall, especially with this generation, they see so much that they are truth seekers. They just want the truth. They don't want, they don't want a big production. They don't want to be forced to sit somewhere and do it a certain way. They are very much innovators. They are, they are very much Nehemiahs and builders. They are the builders of the future. And so they, they have an attitude of, kind of a reformer attitude, but, or spirit of that, you know, praise God, because we need the Nehemiahs right now. And, you know, so we, we look at them like, wow, what an opportunity God has placed before us to help move them and let them know that, yes, God put that thought in you and seek God for it to help guide them. You know, I think that the, the, the challenge is the older generation imposing their ideas so heavily on the younger generation. When, when they are pure and, and they want to, you know, they want to have a voice in what God is doing. They want the truth. That's plain and simple. They just want the truth, you know? And so I think they're, I think they are, um, have a great love and compassion and our hearts are to disciple them. And so, you know, whatever we can do um, in communicating and listening to them, I think is so important. Pastor Pam, imagine yourself in front of thousands of youth right now. What godly advice and wisdom would you give to them right now? Just speak to them directly right now. I would tell you. You have a minute. Okay. I would tell you, um, youth of today, just only believe. Only believe. Believing in the Lord, believing that he has good for you, believing that he wants good for you, believing that he wants to be with you. Only believe, and only believe can be such a huge thing. I I often quote Smith Wigglesworth, who was an old time healer way back in the 1900s. But his thing that he so loved the Lord for was just to only believe, only believe that God will do the impossible through you. That you may not understand how it's going to be done, but if you've got the desire and you've got the 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 will and then and then know, only believe that God will use you. Only believe that He loves you. 
Um, I can't say it enough just for them to only believe because in that is the greatness of Jesus and not to listen to what the people say about you can't or you won't or you shouldn't because Jesus says you should. And so I would just encourage them to uh, only believe. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Pam, for sharing your testimony and also your ministries with the world. May God continue to bless your family, your ministries, and also your new t-shirt company that is not just a t-shirt company. It is a way, another evangelistic tool to spread the gospel. So if you could just end in a a prayer, a short prayer. Sure, sure. Father God, we thank you for today, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, that we can come together as your people, Lord God, and speak your word and and share your greatness, Father God. We glorify you in all things, Heavenly Father, and we just bless this day, Father. We thank you, Father, for who you are. We thank you, Father God, that you are rising up a new generation, Father God. We thank you, Father God, that, that in the afflictions that we suffer right now, Father God, that you are here with us, Lord God, guiding us, protecting us, and and leading us, Father God, to your greatness, Lord God. We thank you, Father God. Our hearts are full of love for you, Lord Jesus, and we just bless you in this day. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Faith City Outreach can be heard daily, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. Arizona time and 7 p.m. Eastern time. Faith City Outreach thanks Global Women Christian Chamber of Commerce Embassy and Four Winds Ministries for being supporters. Psalm 117, praise the Lord all you nations, extol him all you peoples, for great is his love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to Faith City Outreach with Marina Maria as she interviews Christian pastors and leaders to discuss scriptures and topics affecting the Christian community and to pray for the nations. If you need to contact Marina Maria, please email her at fcoprogram at gmail.com. That email again is fcoprogram at gmail.com. Until next time, Marina wants to remind you from Matthew 6.33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The music used in this broadcast is used courtesy of zapswat.com.